You have located Geekfest Rants, the entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. Shall we play a game? Covering the world of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Game over, man. Game over. Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. So say we all. So say we all. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Star Wars The Force Awakens toys and action figures are here. Cool! Are you ready to bring the adventure of the Star Wars universe into your home? The Force is with us. And us. Yeah, us too. (laughs) New action figures and playsets for ages six and up. Way up. Battle the evil Kylo Ren. I'm gonna get you in my lightsaber. Or leave it in the box. Stormtroopers, attack! Or leave them in the box and never touch them. (laughs) All your favorite Star Wars heroes and villains. I have Ray and Finn. I have three of each. One to display, one to open, and one just in case. Why? <laughs> Non-stop Star Wars action. Like Chewbacca with clip-on forest armor. Time to suit up. Or just look at him. Radical. Launch into hyperspace with battle action Millennium Falcon with real movie sounds. It's completely movie accurate. No, what are you doing? That's not how it lands. It goes... <laughs> control the force. You control the action. They don't fight like that. Yeah, just like Doug Vader. Doug Vader? <laughs> the power's in your hands. Does your wife like toys, too? <laughs> Collect them all, and the fun never stops. Separately for children and adult collectors. Star Wars! Force be with you! Hi, everybody, and welcome to Geekfest Rants. My name is Carlos Perone, and today we are delving into action figures once again. This time around, we are going to look at Star Wars figures that are based on cameos made by participants or behind the scenes people from Star Wars. It's a very, very specific group of toys we're talking about and we're gonna explain the difference between that and just regular cameos that people make in the movie. But this one's is very specific because it has to do with actual action figures that were made to somehow resemble those people. It is also a very subset group of my personal collecting guidelines of how I, I kind of narrow it down more and more many times so that my collection doesn't go insane in terms of size. It would be very nice to be a completist. It's just an exhausting and too expensive of a hobby. So over the years, I managed to narrow it down so that there are some rules as to what I'm collecting. And this is one specific subset. So let's get started with Star Wars cameo action figures. You can collect them all! You are a toy! Battery's not included. Just get those wonderful toys. 
Details on specially marked packages at participating stores. Is that the $6 million man's boss? It's Oscar Goldman. Why do you have that? That's worth a lot of money. That's much more valuable than Steve Austin. Action figures each sold separately. Hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. Some assembly required. All your favorite Star Wars heroes and villains. I have three of each. One to display, one to open, and one just in case. All right, today we are going to talk about Star Wars cameos as far as action figures go. Now, we have to be very specific here. There are tons of cameos in Star Wars. There is tons of known actors, let's say, who have had roles in Star Wars films or Star Wars properties, if you will, because we are going to delve into something uh, as current as The Mandalorian for our first example. But not all of these actors, number one, have they ever made an action figure out of them? But number two, because we're narrowing it down a little more, we are focusing more on individuals who are part of the Star Wars saga, whether it's behind the scenes or in front of the camera, under makeup, under costumes, that they manage to get a role in the film where you can actually see their face. Or a variation of that. <laughs> Let's put that as a, as, a little, uh, as a little asterisk on the side. So, as I mentioned before, there are tons of actors who have had roles in the Star Wars films that I have bought action figures for. For example, John Ratzenberger. I do own the John Ratzenberger figure, if you will. He is called Major Durling. However, he's technically not part of what I'm talking about because even though I have that figure and I bought it because it's funny, I mean, I personally find it amusing that there's an action figure based on his likeness in the movie. He is not a behind-the-scenes kind of person and he's not a behind-the-mask kind of person. He was just a bit player at the time who happens to be a little more famous after he made Empire Strikes Back. So, in a way, that doesn't qualify. So, let me go in in some kind of an order here. And I'm going to start with one of the newest ones that came out. And I'm going to end with one of the newest ones that is about to come out. The newest one that just came out at the end of 2021, and I got it probably in the beginning of 2022. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Is Trapper Wolf. Now... Let's see if you know who this character is based on the description on the card. Trapper Wolf, a veteran of the rebellion against the Empire. Trapper Wolf now serves as a pilot in the New Republic. He flies his X-Wing as part of a squadron which patrols the outer reaches of the galaxy. And it's basically an X-Wing pilot. He has a helmet and he has a kind of a blazer rifle, I guess. This is part of the six-inch figure line, but it is packaged different than most six-inch figures. What makes this particular figure, the first one in this show that I'm doing, is because it is based on Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni had a uh, kind of a cameo, you could say, in The Mandalorian. He appeared on two episodes as this particular character. I don't remember if they called him by name, that name, you know, that particular one, but he's definitely in it, and he definitely appeared, and they did a Very good job. I mean, again, when you're dealing with the six-inch figures, the Black Series line, that gives you so much more leeway to be able to put
put so much more detail, you know, into the creation of a figure. The figure itself, the body, let's say, is pretty much the X-Wing Luke, you know, from the from the six-inch series. Uh, painted a little differently, a little cleaner, I would say. He's a little more bright orange, and, you know, the whites are a little whiter and that sort of thing. But the head is what's important here. The head is completely an original, sculpted, Dave Filoni-looking head. <laughs> the helmet also is painted exactly like his particular character. If you guys don't remember or don't know, this whole wolf thing is part of his... I guess you could call it his moniker, even way back to the Clone War days, you know, when he would sign autographs, he would draw this little wolf. We have one, I remember he, he did for my daughter. He even created a character, I think there was a Commander Wolf as one of the clones, I think, if I remember right. And that's something that he kind of carried on in terms of in this particular character. You know, you look at the helmet and there is the wolf moniker on it, uh, aside from the rebel, and it's built into the name of the character. Like I said, it's it's not amazing in terms of, oh my God, because of the fact that they only did the head. You know, it is a kind of a recycled body. However, Hasbro does, as usual, take advantage of being able to recycle action figures in some manner, <laughs> whether it's the body or the head or a repaint or whatever. But what makes this figure much different than anything else is the fact that the head is so very good looking as far as the the manner in which it copied his likeness. The packaging is a little different. It's a little bigger than what I'm used to. Again, I'm not a big six inch collector, a black series collector. I'm used to mainly all of these figures coming in a little black box with very minimal art. Every now and then I do get surprised where they do some kind of flap or something. But this one, because it was an exclusive, and I think it was exclusive to Hasbro Pulse. I'm not entirely sure. I think because that's how I ordered it. When it first came out, I heard something about Hasbro Pulse, and I'm, I must have been mistaken or something because I thought Hasbro Pulse was only like the club that you you have to join the club and pay extra money to be able to buy from them. But no, this was a general Hasbro Pulse, and then you can buy you know into a higher tier of Hasbro Pulse depending on uh, you know if you want to spend more money. But this one I was able to order straight through one of my Facebook groups. Uh, somebody posted, "Hey, they're up for order again. They're available." I got on it. Boom, ordered it right away. And it arrived pretty fast, actually. I, I thought this was, I don't know why. For some reason, I thought this was something that was going to come out way later. Uh, but no, it arrived. It's here. Like I said, the packaging is a, it's an unusual package. And it's, you kind of slide a larger size box from inside a sleeve. Almost like a, if you guys remember, like a VHS sleeve. You know, the figure slides out from inside. It has a little bit of an art thing on the side and in the back where they have a drawing of him, you know, as a profile, you know, standing with his uniform, kind of black and whitish. It looks just like him. Very good job. It has the little uh, description of the character in the back. Still, one of the big pitfalls for me for the Black Series is the, the lack of art. I still miss uh, or rather have uh, more of a three and three quarter inch uh, on a traditional card with some good art. That's again my personal preference. Here they have a little bit of an art, a little a little piece of art on the side. It's all right, you know, it's it's what it is. But I do know that they did overprice this particular figure. I think it cost about almost thirty dollars, twenty nine or something like that, when they normally cost about twenty. And it is a bigger package, but there was really no reason to put them in a bigger package, if you ask me. I think the bigger package is what justifies the bigger price in their mind. Because if you're going to use a package way bigger than a normal package, you figure the reason for it is because you're going to add more accessories to them. He has 
very little accessories. He's got a helmet and a rifle. That's it. So if they were to add, I don't know, uh, something else, then it would make more sense. But I think it's a little bit of a money grab. I think they kind of figured that the only people that are going to buy this are the, the hardcore collectors, you know, the ones that see that it's Dave Filoni's head and they're going to go for it. So, you know, that's how they got me. So, I, you know, I don't blame them. Hey. It's part of my collection. It's part of the, the the rules of what I'm collecting. So, okay, I'll deal with it. Up next, we have one of many George Lucas action figures. Okay, over here we have Commander Gorge Sakul, which is George Lucas backwards. This is a 2002 figure labeled as a Silver Anniversary Star Wars Celebration 2 exclusive. So this is something that apparently you could only get on Celebration 2 if you attended. And what you have here is a bluish kind of card, which kind of hints, I, I would say, a little bit around the Attack of the Clones era. The blue motif possibly being uh, the reason for it. Not entirely sure. Who cares? And it's a three and three quarter figure. It's, once again, just like the... Um, Dave Filoni figure, it's a Rebel pilot. And I'm pretty sure, even though I don't have it sitting next to me here, it's the body of a generic Rebel pilot. These are still a little slightly beefy looking guys. I mean, they're not insanely beefy, but they're a little more... I mean, when you think of George Lucas, <laughs> you don't think of this particular body shape. And when you think of any Rebel pilot, really, they're not really like super skinny at the waist and broad shoulder, kind of like muscular. No, they're, they're kind of more, you know, jumpsuit. The, the Dave Filoni one is, is more accurate as to how, how a, a pilot jumpsuit would look like. But this one's just a little more, you know, a little more buff. And it's it's completely, uh, you know, like I said, the, the, the body, the, I'm, pr I'm pretty certain that the body was just recycled from a, another incarnation of the, uh, of the Rebel pilot. However, the head, the head is a head that was sculpted to look like George Lucas. Now, I'm not sure if the helmet is a recycled helmet. It, it might have been just repainted, which is very easy for something that size. So that's cool. You know, it, it's a way of kind of getting George Lucas into an action figure. This was the first time they did it officially, I guess. So it works. It comes with a couple of accessories. He has a pistol, blaster pistol, and he has what used to be, I think, like the Micro Machine X-Wing with a little stand on it. I'm trying to look through because, you know, I don't want, I, I didn't open it. I always have these sealed. So I'm trying to look through to see if there's anything else attached. But that's about it. What's interesting or important here is that the beard on Lucas is kind of grayish. So that gives you an indication of possibly what they had in mind when they created it. Because this is a period where he was already doing the prequels. I guess they were trying to make it look like that current George Lucas, as far as the face goes. I can't really tell you too much about the sculpting because the figure has the helmet on, which I think is removable. But I, again, because I didn't open the package, I'm not going to remove it. But I could kind of see, I've seen pictures online and I've seen, you know, from the nose below how the, the sculpt looks. It looks all right. It looks, it looks like George a little bit. And again, this is also a three and three quarters. So you really don't have that much space to go crazy with the sculpting, the way you did with Filoni. Filoni, again, it's fantastic what they did with that. In the back, you have a big thing that says uh, Celebration 2, 
Commander Gorge Sekul. Among X-Wing pilots, Commander Gorge Sekul is renowned for his inner strength, his ability to remain calm on the fire, and his mentoring of young squadron members. Once a reckless dreamer, sound familiar? His life changed course after a near-fatal crash in his T-16 Skyhopper on his home world of Tatooine. Wow, so he's a lot like Luke. <laughs> no kidding. And that whole thing about the accident, you know, that's what happened to George. He got into a, a racing kind of car accident. He went off to the Academy and emerged as the top pilot in his class and a natural leader, a visionary storyteller. He entertains the pilots in his command from far-flung tales of distant galaxies thousands of years before the Republic. Sounds familiar. Rumored to be Force-sensitive, many say Sekul would have become a great Jedi if only he had been born in a different time. So, again, uh, this is a character that um, they're basically combining Luke and George you know, together to form this character. This is also a character that I believe has never shown up anywhere. We have not seen this character. This is more of a commemorative kind of figure that they kind of shoehorn in. Uh, unless there's been some cameo that I'm not aware of. But it's special because it's the first time they actually have him. Up next, from 2006, part of the Saga Collection. The Saga Collection is a, a line that they started, and I think they kind of sort of, I think they turned into the Vintage Collection now. But it's a line where they kind of use the, the old Kenner cards, you know, look of the cards and put a new figure in it. This particular one is called George Lucas. <laughs> He's definitely not playing a character, but it says George Lucas in Stormtrooper disguise in parentheses, and it has the card back of the original Stormtroopers, the Kenner Stormtroopers. As a matter of fact, I could even see the word Kenner inside of it. And what you have is a modern, for the time, Stormtrooper body with a George Lucas head. In the packaging, uh, you also have a, a helmet and you have a, a blaster. The helmet is positioned off to the side so you can see his full face as opposed to the X-Wing one I was talking about earlier. Now, as far as the face goes, I think it's possible they might have reused the mold from the other one. I'm not entirely sure. However, because this is supposed to look like Star Wars, the first film... As if he was playing a stormtrooper, and I have no record of him ever playing a stormtrooper. But anyway, his hair is completely black. His beard is completely black, as opposed to the other one that he's supposed to look older. So they made a concerted effort here to make him accurate time-wise, as if he is one of these stormtroopers. Again, it's another one of these commemorative kind of figures. It falls under my rules because, I mean, who's more, who's more of an insider to Star Wars than George Lucas? And thereby them creating a figure, you know, in his uh, honor, if you will. So this is the second one. If you read in the back, it says, George Lucas and Stormtrooper Disguise. Celebrate the legendary Star Wars saga that changed the universe forever with the Saga Collection. This collection brings to life the incredible story of good versus evil that catapulted our imaginations and transported us to a galaxy far, far away. To commemorate these landmark films, we are honoring their creator, George Lucas. We pay homage to both his remarkable accomplishments in film, as well as the legions of Star Wars fans that he inspired by presenting a likeness of the director himself. Clad in one of the saga's most iconic designs, the distincting armor of an Imperial Stormtrooper. May the Force be with you. Boom, there it is. So, 
This particular figure, as you can tell, is not based on a specific character. They are not telling us that this was, you know, TK411 or something and, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Some, no, this is just in, in order to honor George Lucas. They, they kind of went in this direction with this particular one. A little unusual, if you will, because like I said, they already had the uh, the X-Wing one and now they created a different one a couple of years. It, yeah, it took a few years. It took, it took like, what, four years? Yeah, it took about four years to come up with the second one. But it falls under the collection. It falls under the rules that I, you know, my made up rules of, well, this is somebody who contributed. And again, this is the second outing. Very nice. A lot of these, especially the, the last Lucas and this Lucas one that I just mentioned, I, I never got them originally when they were available. I ended up getting them through eBay years later. Once I started kind of defining my rules of collecting, those were the specific ones I had to go and search out. At the time, I mean, they might still be available, hopefully not very expensive, but at the time, yeah, they were a little hard to find because especially the other one that was exclusive to the convention. So that's a that's a little harder one to find. This one might have been a little easier because it was part of the line. It was part of the the actual line of figures. Next up is another George Lucas figure, or at least George Lucas inspired figure. And this is part of a four figure set I believe from Revenge of the Sith. It's called the Lucas Collector Set. And it includes, this is a box set, it includes Jet Jukaza, Baron Papadonia, Ter Taneil, and Chi Ikwe. <laughs> what the hell are these characters you're asking me? Well, if you remember in Revenge of the Sith, there's that scene where they are at the opera. And... One of the characters walking up the stairs or down the stairs is Baron Papadonia, who was played by George Lucas in makeup. He had an actual cameo. He participated in. The rest of these characters in this set are actually his children, his son and his two daughters. However, because they're not really the creators of the film, of the saga, of the shows, because they're not involved or they're not you know, behind the mask kind of actors, I'm not really including them in examining them. But it is one of these things where they do fall under cameos. It's just that they're not, you know, behind the scenes cameos type of individuals. The character of Baron Papadonia, not only did he have that little tiny cameo in Revenge of the Sith, but he did later show up in Clone Wars, I believe. Yeah, he was in Clone Wars, at least one episode, fully animated and that sort of thing. He is described here as the influential Rurian Guild Baron has earned fame through the Republic for his vastly popular holodramas. Oh, so he's kind of like a writer-director? Interesting. Very appropriate. He is rumored to have an information network that rivals the Bothans. Oh, very interesting. Okay, okay, we, we, we get it. We know where we're going with this. So, like I said, this is a four-figure set. It was not carded individually. It would have been, I would have preferred an individually card. I always prefer individually carded. It does have a, a little bit of art on the side where it has pictures slightly modified with art of all four of them with Lucas being very prominent you know again this is a very odd look you know he's wearing this purple tunic and this this kind of high hat and he's color all blue in his face and he's got some special makeup marks and all these weird things attached to his uh, uniform and, uh, and he's got a, a cane he, he, he holds a cane very minimal role 
if you want to really get a better look at the character in action, I would say watch Clone Wars because that's the that there is an episode where he appeared. But hey, this is the third outing of George Lucas, you know, as an action figure. Next up is General McQuarrie. Hmm, who could this be? Well, obviously, this is Ralph McQuarrie. Ralph McQuarrie had a cameo in Empire Strikes Back. There's a scene where the rebels are preparing for the battle, I think, or they're in the process of evacuating Hoth, and you see him walking through the scene in the background. He walks through. He's wearing a Hoth outfit, you know, like a like a rebel Hoth outfit. The figure comes. Uh, this is three and three quarter, of course. I did get this one just like some of these previous ones, like the, the the Papadonia. I did get him in time. I did by that time I was already you know focused on that. This one, same thing. This one was special because this one was part of this big wave that they had of Macquarie concept figures. That's a whole other conversation. But as part of that wave, kind of off to the side, they did release him. He comes with a blaster he's holding. He has a uh, hat cap with goggles off to the side that you can put on him. His face is very good. They did do a good rendering of Ralph McQuarrie's facial features. This particular line also came, and this one comes, with a with a coin. If you guys remember the Power of the Force, the gimmick of introducing a coin to get people a little more excited about that one. Well, this particular line with all of the, you know, I'm looking at them right now, but all of the um, uh, McQuarrie concept figures, they all came with a coin, and so did this one. This one comes with a coin. If you read in the back, it says, Hailing from the prosperous planet of Ralatir, General Farl McQuarrie <laughs> watches as his world is crushed in the iron fist grasp of the Empire. He joins the Rebel Alliance and helps establish the Rebels' new base on Hoth, working closely with his friend Jerry Webb. Oh, interesting. Again, Ralph McQuarrie, the concept designer of most of Star Wars's vehicles, ships, characters, you name it, you know, immortalized as an action figure. I actually have a loose one of these floating around somewhere, too. But, again, the, the I'm not sure if the body is completely original. I don't know if they recycled a body from another rebel. It wouldn't surprise me. It, it wouldn't surprise me because when you go this kind of way off in obscurity... They usually want to save as much money as possible, and uh, but at least they did it, the head. Like I said, at least the head is good, and the less the head matches. The art on the card is from a picture I've seen many times of him posing with two other behind-the-scenes guys. So that kind of that kind of works. That's kind of neat that that they have them, you know, all together there, and they use that particular shot of him. He's I think he's the, he might be the one in the middle. I'm not entirely sure, but they did a, an excellent job on this one. And it's funny that I mentioned the recycled bodies. I was just taking a quick look at the John Ratzenberg <laughs> General Deering figure, and the body looks identical to the McQuarrie body. So, yeah, they definitely recycled these bodies. Anyway, up next, we have Lieutenant Daniel Faitoni. Who could Daniel Faitoni be? Daniel Faitoni. Well, I'll give you a hint. He is packaged in Attack of the Clones card back. This was a very unusual line for Attack of the Clones. They used uh, very little art. They just had a little tiny picture, still shot, of the character. Uh, not one of my favorite cardback designs. But what you have here is Lieutenant Daniel Faitoni, and he's a Coruscant Outrider Club. Okay, so this is from Attack of the Clones and the Outrider Club, where 
Obi-Wan and Anakin chase the assassin into the club and apprehend that. As soon as they jump in the club, there's a big commotion. And you see a lot of characters in the patrons of the club turn around to see what was that noise. And two people <laughs> that you see turn around are this character who is played by Anthony Daniels. Now, that's what makes this very special to me, is that, okay, so now you have an actor who's a very prominent actor in the film, but in all these years, in six or eight or nine or more films, you've never really seen his face. Here, they give him a cameo as one of these bar patrons. The figure is is kind of, you know, you get a, a, a lot for your money in a way because it's a, he's wearing a blue outfit. You see his face and it's it's Anthony Daniels. You know, he's, I can't tell you it looks exactly like him. It's what it is. It's, it's okay. It's him. Okay. I'll take your word for it that it's him because it is his character. You have the picture of him right there and that's Anthony Daniels. He has a blaster. He has a drink that he could hold, but he also has a... A table like a bar table and a little stand that you could place them on so they really kind of went out of their way in, in giving you accessory wise more than the basics which is usually what they give you let's see what does it say in the back lieutenant daniel Faitoni. don't let the uniform fool you should you find yourself in the depths of Coruscant Entertainment District. Sure, there may be officials from the upper levels slumming it among the barflies at the Coruscant nightclub, but the Republic official or Senate guard may in fact be a con artist looking to separate you from your pocketbook. Though at first glance, Lieutenant Daniel Fetoni seems to wear the uniform well. Nothing should be taken for granted. So I think the implication here is that he might be an official, you know, he might be somebody officially from the Republic, or he might be pretending to be. You get the impression when he comes to the lower levels of Coruscant that it's very shady and, and that's the, you know, they're talking about slumming it and that sort of thing. So you never know exactly. But you do know, at least by the designation of lieutenant, that at least he's wearing a lieutenant uniform of some kind of a military branch of something, which I, I don't remember seeing, you know, other parts uh, of the film. In the back, you also do get another picture, a head-on picture of, of him. His hair, I would say it's a little darker than usual. His hair, well, yeah, I guess his hair wasn't completely white like it is now, more or less. It's kind of like a grayish kind of hair. Uh, so, yeah. That's a, that's a good job they did. And this figure will lead us to the next figure, which is very much like it. And that is Akmet Beck. <laughs> He's also a Coruscant Outlander Club. And again, when you see this scene in the movie where everybody turns around, you see Anthony Daniels turn around, and then you see Ahmed Best, Jar Jar himself, without the Jar Jar costume, without the Jar Jar you know, mask or whatever, before the CGI is added, uh, you get a shot of him turning around looking. He's wearing a, a similar outfit than Anthony Daniels is. He's got a similar gun as an accessory. He's got a drink also on the side as an accessory. And he has that same bar, table, and floor. I'm not sure if you can connect the two together. I don't know if they are connectable to some other toy that I'm not familiar with. But he is part of that collection. He is part of that... I don't want to call it a two-pack because they did sell them individually, but he is part of that wave. 
His face looks pretty good, I guess. I guess he looks a little bit like him. He's got a very long kind of chin. He also has some a makeup on his eye, which I believe he had in the... Yeah, he had... I don't know if it's supposed to be like a tattoo or something, but he does have that. In the back, it says Akmet Beck. So it doesn't say lieutenant. So I don't know why he wouldn't be considered lieutenant. But anyway, known confidant of Lieutenant Daniel Faitoni. So he's his friend. He's the guy that kind of... I guess is watching his back. Ahmed Beck wore the uniform of a Republic official while visiting a popular gambling club in Coruscant's glittering entertainment district. He was seen conversing with Twi'leks when a pair of Jedi showed up in pursuit of a changeling assassin. So in here, in this particular description, they are saying that he's definitely wearing the uniform. So he is definitely pretending to be somebody he's not. I don't know if these backgrounds are invented by Hasbro, or if they most likely, if you go to the visual dictionaries, if you guys remember the visual dictionaries they sell with all of these films, where they give you a little more background of the behind the scenes, not of the secondary and tertiary characters, it's possible that they grabbed that information from there and slapped it on the action figure. Again, this one is very much like the last one because they're the same wave, same movie, same bodies. The sculpt of the body is, is the same. They, they, re, they used it twice. They just had to change the color of the, of the skin and sculpt a new head for Ahmed Best. Up next, we have the ATST driver with blaster rifle and pistol. Okay. Uh, this is part of the Power of the Force line. This is a very early, early action figure as far as Hasbro goes. It actually is labeled as Kenner because this is the period where Star Wars restarted with the toys under the Kenner banner in the mid-90s, the build-up to the special edition, I think. And for a while, they were putting figures out in the Kenner logo, and then eventually Hasbro took over and they became Hasbro. But... This is also the time where the figures were also very He-Man-ish. Remember the whole Gorilla Leia thing where these figures at, at first were very awkward looking and then they kind of settled and they got a little more better proportion? Well, this is one of those figures. This is the ATST driver. And if you're familiar with the ATST driver figure from either the original ones or even multiple newer versions, it's basically that gray uh, outfit jumpsuit with a helmet. And you barely see this character in the film. This is from Return of the Jedi. You see one or two of them sitting there or talking or whatever. This is a Power of the Force line. Very little art. Actually, no art, really, if you think about it. It's a, it's a green card with some yellow and a Vader head on the top. But what makes this figure part of my collection here for these purposes is the fact that they use the picture in the front and in the back of Richard Marquand. Now, Richard Marquand was the director of Return of the Jedi, and he had a cameo. He and Robert Watts, one of the producers, both did cameos as ATST drivers. On one side you had Marquand, on the other side you had Robert Watts. However, as far as this figure goes, they were nice enough, I guess, to actually use the picture of Richard Marquand as the character. So, he is not given any more specifics in terms of he's just Mr. Generic ATST driver. In the back, you have a color picture similar to the one in the front, but a color version. And that's the director right there. So, again, this is one of these situations where it's a behind the scenes person that has a cameo and they make a figure honoring that person. However, 
the sculpt of the figure is built-in helmet and goggles on the face. So there is no way of knowing that's him by looking at the figure. Like in the previous ones that we just talked about. The previous ones we talked about, they actually sculpted a head to honor that person, to resemble that person. Here they didn't. The only way you know it is him is because of the picture that they included in the front and the back. So it's kind of like, yeah, okay, it kind of falls under that category. Uh, what's funny is that many, many years later, under the Hasbro banner, but again, it was it was a Kmart exclusive I'm looking at right now, they had a two-pack of ATST drivers. With the Return of the Jedi label, they were mimicking the, uh, the, the old Kenner design. And they put out two of them together. And this would have been a perfect opportunity for them to use the picture of Mark Wan and Watts, but they didn't. They kept it as just generic ATST drivers. They called it the Endor ATST crew. And they didn't bother to include any of those pictures, which would have been, you know, for, for my purposes. And I mean, I still own it, but for my purposes, it would have been great because it would have been honoring two behind the scenes people. Uh, I bought it anyway. I forget why. I think it was because of the connection to this figure that I, I really liked. And I wonder if, you know what? I never opened them. I wonder if you remove the helmets, if they do look like, I, I doubt it. They wouldn't. I don't think they would put the, the time and effort into creating new heads, especially if you don't even advertise it. But yeah, this is one of those that kind of falls under that. It comes with a blaster gun, really big one, and a huge rifle. My God, that thing is gigantic. It's it's a little bit of a no frills, no thrills kind of uh, action figure. But yeah, I'm, it's funny. You look at him, and it reminds me a little bit of that George Sakul, that weird, super thin waist, broad shoulders. The shoulders are almost twice as uh, wide as the waist. Yeah, they, they, they were still going through that phase, that He-Man phase of uh, you know early figures. One thing you got to also keep in mind uh, with a lot of these figures is when they come up with the name of the character, they sometimes try to work the name of the individual into the character, just like... George Lucas, you know, spelled backwards, you know, Faye Tony and, and, you know, Anthony, Daniel, Dan, you know, they, they, they try to kind of put a little, a little bit of a, a, of a joke in terms of how they come up with a name for that character to kind of work their name into it in some backwards or weird form. Next up from Revenge of the Sith, we have, okay, let's see if you guys can recognize them. A character named Jeremoc Colton. Hmm. Jeremy Colton. Well, he is a pilot. Let's start with that. He's wearing this kind of gray, bluish uniform, black boots. He does seem to have a little blaster on his hands. He has also a, uh, a device that he can wear around his head, like a communication device. And what we're dealing with here is Jeremy Bullock, the actor Jeremy Bullock. Now, Jeremy Bullock has appeared before. First of all, his main character is Boba Fett. We all know that. So here's an opportunity for him to be a character other than Boba Fett without the mask. However, what's interesting here is that he has done this before. In Empire Strikes Back, I believe he was one of the Imperial, if I remember right, officers that is taking Leia and Chewbacca and Lando away at some point on Bespin. However, they never made a figure out of that particular cameo that he had back then, so I don't have that. So I can use that as an example. But in Revenge of the Sith, they did. His head is originally sculpted. His hair is all white, because by then his hair was already all white. This is part of the Legacy Collection. So the thing about the Legacy Collection is that 
I believe it went through many other periods or films, so it's not exclusively to Revenge of the Sith. As a matter of fact, I don't think there was a Revenge of the Sith. I don't even remember if they had a Revenge of the Sith. I'm looking around here. I'm looking around. I'm looking around. Yeah, I don't even remember if they if they went that specific with, with the Revenge of the Sith logo until way, way later when they did the whole, uh, you know, make it look like uh, Kenner Revenge of the Sith. But another thing that comes with this figure, other than that one little accessory, which is that, that blaster, is an arm of, I guess, a droid. You can collect parts to build YVH-1. I don't know exactly what droid that is or where it belongs, but this is one of those build-the-droid kind of gimmicks that they had with some of these other figures. On the card, you have a, a very nice, you know, I appreciate art rendering, probably based on a photo, of Jeremy Bullock as that character. He's wearing that headset thing. Uh, very nice, very nice, very nice, uh, very well made. And then in the back, you see the figure also, and another picture of him from the actual film when he's kind of talking sideways. And it says here, Jeremoch Colton is the pilot of Senator Bail Organa's ship, the Tantib Four. As Colton is flying the vessel into Coruscant, he receives a message from Chancellor Palpatine's office, which he placed for Organa and his passengers, Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi. So this is more or less towards the end of the film, where they're trying to escape or rescue or something. He appears there for that quick, quick uh, little cameo uh, when we actually get it. Like I said, it's a nice looking figure. It's an original, I think it's an original body, unless they somehow recycled it from another one, because I'm pretty sure there are no other officers from that ship that were made. So not only is the head uh, an originally sculpted head, that looks very much, I mean, compared to the other two, compared to, to uh, Anthony Daniels, this one looks way, way better as far as I'm concerned. Okay, the next one up is called the Space Trooper. Hmm, Space Trooper. Well, what you have here is a figure that's part of the Legacy Collection. It is from 2008. So this one came about a year before the Bullock one that I was just talking to you guys about. What you have here is a Stormtrooper without the helmet. The helmet's off to the side. A whole bunch of accessories. You have a hand cannon, kind of very heavy weapon looking thing that he's holding he also has a blaster he also has a space pack like a backpack that's meant for operating in space and a helmet if you read the back it says specialized stormtroopers dubbed space troopers are deployed to zero g environments such as areas outside the death star artificially generated atmosphere they wear specialty design suits that have sealed armor and are equipped with rebreather packs okay so the backpack is to help them breathe i guess it's additional oxygen for them to breathe and the suits are more sturdy there's an accessory here that to me i thought it was like a little belt but it looks like maybe it's just a hose i think it's a hose that will connect to the helmet it goes through, i think that oh i think that's what it must be it must be a hose that goes from the backpack to the helmet now this is also one of those built a droid figures. In the back, you have an arm for something called HK-47. Okay, I never bailed that, so I don't really care. I never opened this. So why would I pick this figure? Well, the reason I picked this figure is because let's think about this particular character. This is a character, or at least a, uh, an actor, that showed up in Star Wars A New Hope as the Millennium Falcon is entering the Death Star, you know, when it got caught in the tractor beam, you do see in the bottom a couple of 
stormtroopers. And, and that's exactly what this is. It's the spaced version of the stormtroopers because they're outside the atmosphere. And you kind of could see they're wearing these very bigger kind of backpacks that are not part of a normal stormtrooper outfit. So that is where this character appeared, obviously wearing a helmet. Now, why would they go to the trouble of creating him without the helmet? And the sculpt on the head of this particular character is very specific. The face looks very specifically sculpted. He's wearing a black cap over his head to kind of keep his hair down. And over one eye, there's a big bunch of his hair that seems to have flopped down, almost reaching his eye. So it, it's very odd. What this is, is basically the artist and director, Joe Johnston. Joe Johnston did a lot of the concept drawings for Star Wars and Empire and even Jedi, I think before moving on to be, you know, doing other things and directing films and this and that. But there are pictures on the internet, and I've seen a ton of them, and they did not use them here. That's what's interesting. They did not use them on the back of the figure or in the front of the figure. Where you see him there standing, because he was also put on the Stormtrooper outfit just to get those shots that they needed of those two Stormtroopers in the front as they're watching the Falcon coming in. And there are shots of him without the helmet talking to George Lucas. And he's wearing that black hair cap. And he's got a huge flop of hair flopping right over one side of his face. And that is exactly what they did here. So what you have here with this figure is kind of like an unofficial cameo. It's kind of like the Marquand figure that I talked about before. Except at least in that one, they used a picture of the director. Here is the opposite, but they used a picture of the director, but they didn't sculpt his head. Here is the opposite. They sculpted the head exactly like the actor, like the artist slash director, <laughs> but they did not use a picture. So it was an odd little introduction to a figure that could have been done any shape or form differently. They could have made this figure with the helmet already attached, they could have had a generic head on it, but no, they specifically used that head exclusively to look like Joe Johnston, but they didn't give him the credit for it. So that was uh, one of those uh, weird ones that you're like, that's just weird how sometimes they go one way and sometimes they go the other way. Up next in our final entry into this is a figure we don't have yet. This is a figure I ordered I think it might arrive within the next two to three months. I'm not sure. And what we have here is a six-inch version, similar to the Dave Filoni, you know, that size, of George Lucas in Stormtrooper Disguise. Now, this sounds very familiar because we just talked about a George Lucas in Stormtrooper Disguise. And what you got here is a six-inch version of that with the packaging to look exactly like the one that I mentioned before. Instead of being in a black box, this one is going to be in a carded, except it's a large carded version of a six-inch figure. It has that traditional Kenner Stormtrooper card back. It is exactly George Lucas in Stormtrooper disguise logo, you know, description of the figure. It has what I assume is most likely a very modern body sculpt of a stormtrooper with a blaster as an accessory. The helmet is off to the side. The head is what's important here. The head is completely newly sculpted. It has obviously George Lucas's features. It is a very more modern George Lucas, a more white hair George Lucas than before, I believe. Before you had a, you had the black hair, 
with this figure in the three and three quarter. Then you had the X-Wing one, which was grayish kind of hair, slightly grayish. And here it's very white. It is very, very white, the color of his hair. The sculpt, I believe, is completely brand new. It looks very good. I mean, if they did Filoni that well, obviously they can do him that well too. And that is what's going to come next. That is the one that, you know, we're going to get as the next behind the scenes, you know, under the mask kind of figure. I will continue to collect these as they come. Again, it's very difficult to try to figure out what qualifies, you know, what what are the rules of this sort of thing? Because it's not just the fact that somebody makes a cameo. Yeah, you got a cameo. There's plenty of cameos we can talk about. There's tons of them. If you do a search for Star Wars cameos, there's tons of people that appeared, tons of actors that are not very super crazy popular. Like the actor Treat Williams. He had a he was a a background character in Empire Strikes Back in Hoth. However, they didn't make a figure out of him. But also, he is not a creator of Star Wars, and he is not a behind-the-mask kind of Star Wars character. He's kind of like John Ratzenberger. He was just an actor at the time who needed a, a bit role, and he got it. They made a figure out of him, great. But the point is that it's not somebody who is showing his face for the first time and is already part of the saga, or somebody who is a behind-the-scenes person that is immortalized. I'll give you another example, John Williams. John Williams had a cameo in Rise of Skywalker, I think. And he is huge. I mean, John Williams is huge. But did they make a figure out of him? No, they didn't. So that's the thing. Those are the type of figures I'm I'm, I'm looking for. Uh, so they kind of fit in this rules of the collection is, is when you have a very prominent individual, like a Gary Kurtz or a uh, Rick McCullen. I think McCollum actually was in one of the films, but again, they never made a figure out of him. So it's it's it, that's the that's the little extra part is when you have somebody who's behind the scenes or under the mask, and they make a figure of that actual character. But for now, you guys have plenty to pick from if you want to go in that direction of collecting these sort of figures, and hopefully there'll be more in the future. All right, I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. We looked at. Star Wars cameo action figures in terms of these very specific figures that have been made through the years and continue to be made. Honoring, showcasing some of the behind the scenes people or the under the mask kind of people that participate in Star Wars and immortalizing them, (laughs) you know, in action figure form. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you guys might be interested in this subset of collecting you know it's it's not too late to start looking for these specific figures especially since they continue to make them as we speak like i said earlier we are waiting for our six inch george lucas stormtrooper figure Uh, so i'm sure there will be more in the not too distant future because we have so many star wars properties now floating around that sooner or later newer people will be turned into action figures so On behalf of everybody here at GeekFest Rants, Happy New Year, and thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon here at GeekFest Rants. Bye-bye, everybody. I'm a Star Wars fan, man. I'm a Star Wars fan, man. Figures in my hand, man. Flicks to FX7. Online auctions I scan, man. I've got every man. Chief Trooper, Jawa, Emperor, Little Yoda, Bulba, Fallout, Stormtrooper, Bifurcuna, Dengar, Royal Garden, Ackbar, Tuscan Raider, Pestman, Suit, Exit, Luke, Sniper, Tooth, and Dark Raider. I'm a Star Wars fan, man.
Android, that's a droid, power droid, pod pilot, pilot, cape, IG, 888, for Luke's sake. I'm a Star Wars fan, man. I'm a Star Wars fan, man. The box where it all began, man. Mail away and again, man. Snaggle's a full-size man, man. I've got every man. I'll back and battle Luke, hop, Luke, suck, guess, little rama, pruny face, wake and spite the act face, and we're on a low mod, clap, two, pop, a little weak, quick. Rank command, droid, no hands, big head, head, and hop, left. Got drive a tie, fly, rebel, switch, and out of guys. I'm on a man, royal guard, layer, and blue the sky. I'm a Star Wars fan, man. I'm a Star Wars fan, man. Mismatch cards and man, man. Luke, man, and Anakin, man. Telescope, sabers in hand, man. I've got every man. Picked up, up, knots, best guards, warrock, nine, nuns, no troopers, squid, head, made these laces, scrum, bikers, got decked out, log array, a Jedi Knight, 5, E, 2, 1, B, and E, V, carbonite, trooper, cool, snipes, littles, onto with a sense of scope, that's the road, B, we broke, solo in a trench coat. I'm a Star Wars fan, man. I'm a Star Wars fan, man. The Imperial Clan, man. Hop the trooper, hand man. Luke and Ben with different hair, man. I've got every man. I'm a Star Wars fan. If you would like to subscribe to our show, send us messages, or see video links to some of the topics we talked about today, please visit our homepage at geekfestrants.com or our YouTube channel, Facebook page, or iTunes at Geekfest Rants. I don't know what we're yelling about! Geekfest Rants is produced by Carlos Perone, copyright 2022. <laughs>